Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Active Optimist podcast. This is Arena, your host, the Active Optimist. With everything I do, I want you to believe that you don't have to be depressed forever. I truly believe that depression is the ultimate cry for help, not for happiness, but for connection back to ourselves and what truly matters. I'm here each week to support you, bring community, and give you daily actions to address the social, psychological, and biological causes of depression so that you can step into the life you know you're meant to lead. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Irina, if you're new, and if you're returning, thank you so much for returning. In this week's episode, we are going to be talking about toxins and specifically environmental toxins. So toxins that are in our environment, in our homes, if our homes are not well kept, and around us in buildings, in our workplace, in our school, and also a little bit about toxins that are generally undetected and they have many places where we find them. And I just wanted to do this topic because when we are exposed to a lot of toxins, a lot of heavy metals, and specifically mold, we do get depressive symptoms and we can get other mental health symptoms such as early onset dementia, schizophrenia, and a bunch of other things. So I think that's really important just to have a whole, you know, well-rounded approach to our mental health. And and something that I do talk about a lot is when we are depressed, when we're trying to figure out which way to go about healing ourselves, which lifestyle things, what things we need to do with our body, what medical things we do, whether it be in our body with food and exercise or medication or therapy or whatnot. It's very important to have a well-rounded what is happening in my life, where am I at, did I move somewhere new, did I move to school, did I move to a new city, did I move back home, did I get a new job. All these things are important because we we are a full functioning animal at the end of the day and our mental health is connected to the body and it's just really really important to question and also just have a well-rounded understanding of mental health and depression and how it can come from all different areas and the one story that they tell us that our brain has a chemical imbalance is not true and if it was true it doesn't even apply to everyone and shouldn't be the story that they slap on us when we bring up our mental struggles and also up until now we have kind of put the responsibility of solving depression or anxiety or whatever on the people that are suffering on the press and anxious people But if the problem doesn't orient with them alone, it can't be solved with them alone. And as a group together, we have to change our culture. We have to strip away the reasons why someone would feel depressed, why someone becomes depressed, and things that are just causing such massive, unnecessary unhappiness across millions and millions of people. And so many people are suffering, are depressed, are anxious. And so many are just unhappy. They're just feeling lost in the world that we are living in. You can just look around at the people on the subway, in the restaurant that you're eating. It's so, so likely that many of them are depressed and are anxious and they're just unhappy. So we really just have to 
band together and we have to change our society, our culture, and our environment and just how we approach living as a human being. With this topic in particular, I think that message and that thought and just that idea is very, very important because as many of us know or some don't know, people that are suffering in poverty or are just lower income have a higher risk and a higher rate of mental health issues, depression being one of them. And this topic is really big, so I'm not going to go into it. And there's a lot of complexities on why this happens, including criminalizing poverty, criminalizing lower income people, criminalizing people of color, and the idea of being crazy is very ingrained in what society doesn't want, who society doesn't want, and who society is rejecting. And we know in America that is more or less people of color and people in poverty or lower incomes. And with mental health in particular, historically even not in America, this has happened throughout time more or less in just doctors and the medical community over-labeling lower income people with diseases or with mental health issues that are really extreme and often are not actually what they have, and then they get medicated, or they end up in prison, or in a mental institute, because society doesn't want to deal with them. So this is just a thing, and I think that's very important when we talk about mental health, just to just to have a realistic, you know, realistic view and holistic view of how this really intersects with economics, um, income inequality, race, and all those type of things. So I'm not really going to go into that more deeply because that is a huge topic, So, which could probably be its own podcast. But today I want to particularly talk about just toxins that are in our environment, whether you are lower income or higher income, just when you're lower income, it's more likely that you will be exposed to these things because the government doesn't regulate it a lot. So let's just get into this episode. Toxins as a cause or contributor to depression to other mental health struggles is often overlooked by medical professionals. Recently, however, depression has been linked to the exposure to a wide array of toxins, and studies have shown that certain environmental and chemical toxins may alter the brain in ways that help set depression in motion. So it's more or less a destabilizer of the brain It might not be the only reason for your depression, but it can, you know, make you more susceptible. And also, it cannot be any reason for your depression, but I just wanted you guys to know about this because toxins really are everywhere because they're very not regulated, especially in America. These can come from our food, so the chemicals they put on our food, so, you know, bugs and animals and the weather doesn't hurt it as much as naturally it would or eat it. Personal care products, we all know that a lot of makeup, cleansers, soaps, lotions can have a lot of chemicals that are not very good for you even if they're sold as being natural even though they are made to look natural or organic. And this is a particular American issue because the United States, in comparison to Europe or other countries, has decided to not ban or just hasn't banned a lot of these 
chemicals that are in cosmetics and personal care products that are known to harm humans. And then also household cleaning products, household chemicals, and then other industrial chemicals, of course. And then just everyday environmental toxins, meaning cleaning supplies or food cleaning supplies or just, you know, the things that you wash your bathroom with, wash your kitchen with, and pesticides, we're all in contact with a lot of these chemicals that aren't thoroughly researched in their effect or in their long-term effect. And then, last but not least, industrial chemicals and heavy metals, which can affect our gene expression and cause inflammation in the body and the brain. Inflammation in the body and inflammation in the brain particularly can lead to depression. That's just a biological cause of depression. If your brain gets inflamed, if your brain swells up, just like how your knee gets inflamed when you fall down, your brain does that when it is exposed to toxins or other inflammatory things within the body that are over a long period of time, generally. But that is more or less linked as a cause for depression. Most metals are in our air, in our food, and in our waterways, as well as many products in and around our homes. So for example, lead is a very common example because everyone kind of gets a sense of it because there's been historically and now in the present what I guess you could call lead scandals where people have found lead in water in major cities that also generally are populated by more lower income people and harm them and kill them and give them mental health issues. And lead remains in the environment and in the soil for a very, very long time. That's why it is hard to, you know, remove it because it just stays there. And also a lot of potential sources of lead include cheap toys, makeup, and some canned foods if you're not careful. Another common heavy metal is aluminum, and that is found often in personal care products. Over the past year or so, people have connected aluminum with personal care products, and the biggest one is deodorant. Most regular deodorant has aluminum in it, so like that is a recent development where regular companies like P&G are selling deodorant without aluminum, so that's good to know. But if you don't, you know, look at that packaging, it probably probably has aluminum since this is a very early stage of the, you know, personal care advocates, I guess. The personal care natural organic advocates really pushing for the regular products being safe for humans. And then aluminum is also found a lot in kitchens. So cookware, old appliances, and tap water in some cities. Uh, but tap water in some cities, but that is generally tap water in some cities. And then the last of the big three is mercury. And this, I think, is more known because environmental advocates have really raised the alarm with mercury, especially in the oceans and in fish and seafood. So there's more of an awareness of it. But the most common source of mercury is with dental fillings. 
significant seafood. So seafood that is either next to a place that is leaking mercury or seafood that is higher on the food chain because of how these heavy metals work. All these heavy metals are stored in small quantities in our cells, often fat cells. So there it's very hard to test for ourselves. Do I have, you know, lead poisoning, aluminum poisoning, or mercury poisoning? And our body does this for us to protect us. So it has this toxin and it can't digest it, it can't get rid of it, so it stores it so it doesn't touch anything else because it's toxic to us. And what we humans do, that's what the fish do in the sea. So the little ones will eat something with mercury in it and the big ones will eat the little one. And then the ones that are really high in the food chain that are eating all these little fish that have already eaten fish with mercury in it, they get a higher amount of mercury. So that's why they seem to be more contaminated. So the big one is the swordfish. And then also some vaccinations, if you're not careful, do have mercury in it. Mercury has been replaced by aluminum in most vaccinations. So just keep an eye out. You have to really be your own advocate with these things. Because first of all, most people don't know about this. A lot of doctors I've found out don't really have this on their radar. If they've known about it, they don't really think about it when they're giving you all these things or when they're trying to figure out why you're depressed. Most people who deal with mental health issues don't know about it. So this is why I just really want to spread the knowledge because it's important because depression or mental health is not a flaw in you. It's just a message and we have to listen to the message and it will tell us what is wrong with us. So whether or not you are exposed and poisoned by these toxins, it's still important to know it if you are or just, you know, be able to cross that off the list of things that could possibly be going wrong because depression does tell us that something has gone wrong in the way that we live and we need to really stop trying to muffle or silence this pain or pathologize this pain. Instead, we just really need to honor it and we need to get the real causes so we can overcome it. So the toxin that I would say is the most impactful or the one that really doesn't care who you are, where you're living, is mold. Mold is a neurotoxin, meaning it is toxic to our brain and often has seemingly unrelated symptoms because it's basically poisoning your neural pathways so they get all crazy and all jumbled. And mold excretes toxins that suppress our immune system, so we're unable to really fight back against mold. Mold can live in our body, and our immune system won't be able to recognize it and clear it out because of that suppression. However, it does cause inflammation. So as I said before, inflammation is really detrimental to your brain health and your mental health. And also mold specifically decreases serotonin production. What was really crazy when I was researching this was that around 40 to 50% of Americans are living in homes with mold toxicity. And just think of all Americans or all the people who are living a life with lead toxicity, with mercury toxicity, and these things have advocates for them. So mercury has like the environmental advocates, lead has the human rights, I guess, activists going for them but mold has no activists going for them. So it's just really silent and no one pays attention to it. So that's why it's so prevalent because people just don't know what it's doing 
to their bodies, to their brain, and it does grow in very dark and damp climates and places. So if you're not careful or if you're just not aware, you might not even see it or notice it. And also what is hard is that if say 10 people are living in a home that has a lot of mold in it, different bodies react differently and the symptoms can build up over time. For example, hypothetically 10 people moved into a home with high mold toxicity it is possible that only one person would get depressed and then maybe another person would feel sick but not in a mental way. And then the other eight people might not feel anything and the symptoms may not kick in until a couple years later, a couple months later. So the 10 people might not connect their sickness. And then it's possible that one person just doesn't show symptoms even if they are exposed. So with that, it's likely that the people just don't connect the dots that maybe their new home is making them sick because of this mold. But regardless with all these things, it is known that mold is very toxic to human beings and it's officially recommended by the government that any mold present should be removed no matter if the home testing label kit labels it as benign. Furthermore, not all mold will be visible as it often grows in insulation inside of the walls and people that are living in homes that are prone to moisture or flooding or poor ventilation or leaks are more likely to have mold grow in their house. Unfortunately, when we think of places that have more mold, have untreated mold, or just misinformed or have no information on the realities of buildings, are homes that often house the most vulnerable for depression, meaning low-income housing people, and also, I think what should be included is colleges, particularly college dorm rooms, in larger schools where the buildings are older or not upkept in terms of maintenance. So I think that is important, especially if you are going away for college or if you're still in college. I think it's important to just be aware of that. And if you have a sense that maybe the place that I'm living in, that I have to live in, might not be the most healthy place to live in terms of mold, then maybe invest in a humidifier or just be conscious that if you feel weird, if something is happening in your body, just to be aware of that. And you're not going crazy sometimes. So what to do about all of these things? Well, first off, I think that knowledge in this case does bring a lot of power to our situation because we know what to look for. And I'm not talking about the specifics like reading every single label in your personal care products and your makeup, but just being aware of it and being conscious of natural ingredients, organic ingredients, and not natural ingredients and not organic ingredients. Me personally, for me personally, not all my personal products, not all my skincare is natural or organic. And you just have to you just have to decide. I'm not trying to pressure you all into just being all clean, all natural, all organic for everything, even though that is probably the ideal situation, but I don't think it's the most realistic situation for a lot of us. In terms of other things, particularly mold toxicity, don't be paranoid about it, just be curious. Don't be anxious, don't don't be anxious, don't be stressed. It's really not worth it at the end. 
just be curious about it and aware if you know that you're living in a, for example, a water damaged building or basement, just be curious and aware because it's not something that you're going to avoid per se. It's not something that you can purposely just walk away from because of how many buildings in our world are either water damaged or if we happen to be living or working in a basement, we can't really change that circumstance that much. But just be aware of it if something starts to go wonky or if you suddenly do get depressed after you change buildings, work buildings, or get a new job or change where you're living. So just be conscious about that. And if you do think that, hey, like I'm living in a place that may be toxic for me, there are home tests that you can do that will test the environment that you're in and then they send to a lab and they'll give you some results. And just overall, just trace your history with depression. Do a home test by going away for a few days to see if anything changes. Go away for like a weekend and see if you do feel better, if you do feel more clear. If positive, I strongly encourage to remove yourself and try to figure out a way to not be in that environment and then begin a detoxifying treatment. But I really, really do not want this episode to be one that gets you paranoid, gets you anxious, gets you stressed about where you are. I just wanted to show a different side of depression and mental health that isn't talked about at all unless you are really diving into the space of what hurts humans. And as I said before, one size does not fit all for any healthcare including depression. It is not appropriate to say that one size fits all. And this episode is an an example of how depression is something that has a lot of misinformation about due to the lack of understanding in the public and in general physicians. Your physician must, must, must conduct a thorough and rather exhaustive interview consultation with each patient and determine what direction to go in. For one patient, an evaluation may end up in a thyroid issue, which I talked about in a past episode, and then dealing with that would be a great start in helping their mental health journey. And another person, and maybe checking for chemical toxicities and nutrition deficiencies, and then another, it may not be any of these things, and it may be us feeling lost, us feeling rejected, us feeling just disconnected from other people. And no matter what, whatever your doctor tells you to do, whatever your doctor prescribes you to do. If they aren't doing this medical detective work, it is not acceptable for them to just slap a label on you and give you a prescription. And I really think that is just an insult to our pain, to our suffering, and to our natural human desires and natural human condition of needing to feel connected, needing to feel in our body, need to be safe, need to be in a good environment, in a healthy environment, an environment that doesn't poison us. So that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode touched you in any way, please, please, please share this with a friend. You never know who is dealing with depression, who is dealing with a mental health crisis. You never, never know. And then also leave us a written review on iTunes. If you have a Apple product, you can search in your search bar podcast and that'll come up. 
search subsequently depression and write us a review that really helps the podcast a lot unfortunately spotify does not have ratings for podcasts yet so that's why i'm pointing you to apple Podcasts. thank you so much for listening and i will see you